0: Hi guys, welcome to the Classical Drunks. I'm Aaron, I'm here with Manny. Manny, say hi.
1: Hey, a resident uh, consult- consultant in French shenanigans.
0: Especially cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case we'll be using him for French politics because uh, coming up next weekend is the French election. Yep. Uh, and The presidential election. The presidential election. And Please. it's going to be a very interesting one. It will. So... Maddie, do you want to give us a quick lowdown maybe of uh what the current uh happening is yeah. in france so yeah.
1: there are there are lots of things I, I i will maybe so just just to start um uh by pointing out that uh, as we are recording this uh so as, as, as we've just said uh the election is one week away uh the latest mm-hmm poll numbers that I read on the topic show that uh, it's going to be really really tight so if you're not already aware of the French presidential elections it's a two-round election so first you get to choose uh, uh, whoever you want among 10 candidates and then um, only the two that are ahead are selected picked for the second round and you get to choose between between the, the the two remaining uh, so for the first uh, but at least for the first round what's uh, to my knowledge absolutely unprecedented is that the four um uh, the four first candidates in the polls are all within a really tight window of of three points uh that means the the first is polling at uh, 23 and the fourth is polling at 19. Which is
0: within a margin of error, really. Yes. So
1: always keep in mind that that for any poll, you have roughly two points of of margin of error. So if a poll is saying there's a 60-40% chance of this outcome, you're fairly sure this is what's going to happen. But as we've seen with Brexit, uh, as we've seen with the American election, and I want to... clarify that for the american election and for brexit in each case uh they were within the margin of error it's just that you know uh, the american election can be toppled by just a couple of states and that's what happened a few key states were within the margin of error they mm-hmm. got that wrong the whole election changed mm-hmm. so to say that all the candidates are within three point is is uh really unprecedented uh, unprecedented and and um yeah, it's it's really hard to know who we don't know who's going to be on the second round. Is it going to be uh, the centrist Macron with um, uh, the far right Le Pen? Is it going to be Mélenchon, the um, far left with Fillon? No one really knows. It's a um, uh, big question mark. Do
0: do you want to kind of talk a little bit maybe about what's led to this kind of unprecedented political upheaval where we are having? kind of moderates versus um more kind of extreme ends of the uh, political spectrum like fairly digging it out you know for you know the uh the top spot you know yeah
1: so 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 maybe first very quickly the four main candidates are um uh in order on in terms of pollers polling results so you have emmanuel Macron, who is. Um, New political force. When I say new, this political party did not did not exist a year ago. Well wow. a yeah. former minister, former econo- uh, a minister of, uh, for, of economics affairs, um, he's um, and uh, so is is let's say moderate center left, uh, polling and, and he's forced some alliances with a lot of uh, people from the center, the traditional center. Uh, the second in order would be uh, Le Pen, Marine Le Pen, so she's uh, far right, established far right, although she has transformed, and probably would have to- uh, the opportunity to talk a lot more about it, she's transformed the political landscape inside her own party and so the, 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 the National Front is, is very different to what it was 10 years ago in that regard um which explains why she's pulling so well she's really transformed and fr- from from a uh, entrepreneurial perspective you know she succeeded she's <laughs> turned a party that was a, a minority party polling at 10 percent tops and made it the second political force in that election uh the third is jean-luc mélenchon who's a well-known figure in the far-left french politics has been is uh, run as a president already in the past um, he traditionally comes from the French Socialist Party, which is the main uh, uh, left uh, uh, left-wing party. You can think of uh, Labour here in Ireland uh, or in the UK,
0: except maybe a bit more more to the left. Of and he's more
1: to the left, but yeah. he 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 comes from that party. He was um, an elected official from that party in the past, and oh. now he has his own political movement, and is a uh, uh, pretty much cannibalized uh, the far-left and the communists, and uh, he is drawing uh, all the that, that kind of far-left uh, fire um, uh, on his own. Mm-hmm. And he's polling third, which is, again, really uh, unprecedented in that regard, because, you know, for him to do just 10% was already a big bet. I don't, I, I would have to check the numbers, but uh, as far as I can remember, in twenty twelve, he did roughly ten percent, and I'm being generous. So that's a huge bump for him. The fourth candidate in uh, the polling, um, the polling as, as we have now is uh, François Fillon, who is from the mainstream right uh, party. He was the prime minister under Sarkozy, so he's kind of from the same, uh, um, you know from the same ideological background uh you we, we could say it that way and uh then i'll just mention quickly the fifth because i think it's very relevant we're talking about the french socialist party the um, equivalent to the labor party so the fifth candidate is uh, benoît but he's a uh, barely polling above seven percent keep in mind that the current president francois hollande is from the socialist party so it's a really and you, so he won the, the the that party won the last election had total control over the different institutions the assembly the senate etc and now is in shambles they are barely polling above seven percent so it's mm-hmm. a huge slap so the first three candidates are not the two traditional the two part two candidates from the tr- two uh, traditional parties and since France is a in practical terms, bipartisan uh, uh, country, you know, in in, in, in its uh, political landscape, that's uh, that's new. That's just mind-boggling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, you were explaining the um, the political election system over there. You have ten parties who run, and then you choose. But it's really down to the two top dogs at the end. And it we mightn't have that this round. We might have who knows? Maybe two newcomers coming into the that's
1: almost lines. starting at this stage because yeah. the first again the first three ones are not from the two main political party mm-hmm. so it's um uh it's becoming more and more it's becoming more and more likely that the next president the next french president will not be from the traditional uh political parties and that's um uh it if you want to nitpick you could say it has happened in the past because the parties themselves have changed um um, you can think of uh jacques chirac for example who's uh, uh you know um there there were some in the past there were some changes so you could argue that macron is becoming in a sense the new main uh left party but it's uh he's the that it's it's um he's the changes is bringing it's not just character it's really ideological it's much more to the center than the traditional socialist party is
0: mm do you, do you want to maybe talk about um some of the factors that have led to the rise of these two new candidates and new parties? So
1: that'd be that'd be a good question. So just just to clarify, um, uh, Macron is the only one that's really new. Yeah, oh, sorry. Because yeah, so 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 to repeat, François Fillon was the prime minister under Sarkozy, mm-hmm. and Le Pen and, and uh, Mélenchon both uh, were uh, present during the last election in twenty twelve. So, yeah. so, but but they've had a huge upsurge. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just just to clarify, Macron is the only real new face in mm-hmm. that in that race, and and uh, the candidates actually, if you can uh, take the list of candidates, most of them were already present. Um, I would have to count, but on, on top of my head, most uh, the majority of the candidates present in the first round this year were already present. In uh, um, the last elections, just the, the, the landscape, the numbers have, have changed.
0: Yeah, so so I guess um, what would talk about the factors maybe that lead yeah. to this this new upsurge in popularity for these particular candidates. It's uh, yeah, so accurate. that's a
1: very good question. Uh, I don't know if I can answer it fully. Uh, what I can say, uh, I would say there are a couple of things that have happened. François Fillon for, uh, started off very well uh, in polling. Um, but then he got caught in a really um there was a scandal concerning his wife the fact that he's uh, he had hired his wife in the past for i want to call it a fake job because mm-hmm. it's essentially what uh, what has happened and um that just tanked yeah. him straight away um so so that explains why he's not doing as his, his well because he, in a lot of regards, was uh, bolder than Nicolas Sarkozy. And I think that in today's terms, in today's political climate, uh, it would have probably worked mm-hmm. very well. Um, the French are uh, politically kind of at the end of the rope. Um, the There was no economic recovery. Mm-hmm. So th- that kind of bold language he had, would have worked probably to a certain population not to everybody of course but at least would have gathered a lot of people a broad right especially after uh francois Hollande, you know was a not a great five years term so it would have been easy to capital for him to capitalize on that.
0: By the way, can I just mention? I love how um, François Hollande had like multiple different mistresses uh, in the in the it <laughs> is the one. I'm sorry. Wait, no, didn't he kick out his wife from the from the palace? The yeah, but that that, that, and, that doesn't
1: count as a mistress. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he invited in his new mistress, wasn't it? Um, I I love how that's not even a political scandal in France. That's it, a, it that's was not, wonderful. It, it, it
1: was, but only a minor point. Oh, it's just minor. It's uh, just minor. Yeah, we we are we are more evolved, so we do care more about ideas. Yeah. Yeah. No no <laughs> I just, if if that had happened
0: over here that would be uh, that would be uh, uh, all over the newspapers i would feel but uh, <laughs> that i just find that hilarious and and uh, wonderful in a way wonderful but um i will not
1: comment. <laughs> uh, also alone uh habits
0: <laughs> but but obviously um obviously feeling what you were saying the uh the uh yeah pay, paying your wife for a job that doesn't really exist yes that's that's definitely a scandal uh, oh yeah it and it's definitely it
1: really t- I, I i'm honestly the reason why he's not doing so well I, to me that's the single uh reason that you need to look for he started off quite well in the polls mm-hmm. and uh i would say a lot of people have uh probably saw that and were like well um maybe you know people let's say people more on the fringe right not necessarily national front but who were like i can't do that so i'm gonna go for le pen and maybe some people more on the moderate side would say well uh i can't do it so maybe i'll go for macron that's actually when you can see macron really taking off so you think that's kind polls. of
0: that that was the beginning of where the surge came from really for these
1: you can see a transfer happening at the time um yeah. le pen has remained relative relatively stable uh over the course of the last few months she's taken it a little bit at times but uh you you she started off strong and she did not she hasn't gotten the type of surge that you saw from let's say Mélenchon or or macron both really uh, did not start at the numbers that they they are facing today yeah that's for sure
0: so, um, getting over to Macron, because only in the past like few weeks has he really started to surge in the polls. Um, do you do you think there's a good reason for that, or
1: I would say uh, I would say what? Um, so, you had a primary uh, inside the French uh, Socialist Party, was a little bit of a shit show at times because the uh, current prime minister, um, essentially, you know, had quit the government. Sector. Guys, I'm gonna run for the uh, primary, but it was very unpopular inside um, the uh, Labour Party. So you, you probably heard of him, uh, uh, Manuel Valls, who uh, had a bit of um, some—I would say—had some authoritarian methods inside the government uh, when when he wanted to pass something, and the assembly um, uh, wouldn't let him. He used some kind of a, you know a, a French legal trickeries to kind of farth it through. That was really not well received at all by the main uh, the 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 left generally speaking, and I would say I would say more broadly what has happened is uh, the left voted for Hollande with a lot of hope, a lot of hope for change, and he hasn't delivered that at all. Whether you like or not what Hollande has done, and I like some bits, I dislike a lot, but I you, you have to acknowledge the fact that he was not elected to do what he did and that hasn't um that's that the mainstream left really is not okay with this mm-hmm. and i think that's what happened so uh that that explains uh in part why is uh benoît Hamon doing so poorly in the polls that also explains and what you see is macron so macron was one of his ministers one of françois Hollande's minister and now is running with his new political uh, formation, and uh, as I said, he's more moderate, more on the center. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's what's happening is uh, you have the coincidence, you have those two events: so the the, the unpopularity unpopular of François Hollande because of you know all this broken promises, let's say, and then you have Mélenchon, who comes, uh, who is very charismatic, and you have Emmanuel Macron, who is also very charismatic in his own way. So you have essentially the French Socialist Party, and Benoît is not very charismatic, uh, I have to say. So you have that split, uh, a split that's happening today. The uh, more radical half is going to Minotaurin, and the more moderate half is going with Macron.
0: Okay, so it's a bit of a combination of just a bad candidate mixed with um, kind of broken promises by by, uh, Holland, I wouldn't
1: really. go as far as to say that he's a bad candidate. No, um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm, um, no, yeah. no, it's in the sense of he he was not up for the task. Yeah, as, especially after five years of Holland, uh it was a um, really hard sell, mm-hmm. and probably in other circumstances. I mean, if you if you remember. It, François Hollande was never someone who was charismatic, never had really much of a, um, you know, revolutionary program or anything really going for him. Uh, His platform for 2012 was, I'm not Sarkozy. Okay, and that's what he was elected on, mm-hmm. and that's that's where dis- disappointment came. I
0: think that's what Hillary wanted. I'm not Trump. That's what her her platform <laughs> no, no, no. was, but it didn't work. Hillary's, really in the end.
1: Hillary's platform was I'm a I have a vagina. Vote for me. That too.
0: She had a few little mini things were going. She, for she had
1: a couple of things, but essentially, yeah. But so what's happened is is Hollande was like, I'm not Sarkozy. That's what I am. That's what you vote for me, and he did five years of Sarkozy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he kind of did uh, go back on... With a couple of things there and there.
1: He did gay marriage. Brought him, uh, uh, that brought him uh, uh, a lot of political capital. But overall, he did more or less uh, five years of soft version of Sarkozy. Because mm-hmm. of, of economic constraints, because of a lot of things, we can, we can can that would be worthy of a whole podcast. But that's the fact of the matter. And that did not go well for the, the, the French voter. Yeah, the uh, left, uh, uh, average left-wing voter.
0: Absolutely, like I think I don't think. Uh, again, I'm not an expert on French politics, but like everywhere in the world hasn't gone through the best five years, I would say, uh, in economic terms. So you know, you you kind of have to hand it to them that you know it hasn't been great for politicians in the last five years who've been you know in in the middle of that. So the last shitstorm. five years have
1: been yeah, the last five years have been very interesting because actually the recovery came in. If you look mm-hmm. at the numbers, uh, the numbers have been going better for a lot of countries. Uh, think of america for example 2016 was a very good year for yeah. america wages went up uh economic growth so so for example in america for a long time you had a little bit of economic growth reduction in in, in unemployment but for the first time uh, last year um uh, really wages went up mm-hmm. uh you have a lot of countries that are doing quite well ireland is a full-blown recovery as as we speak right now unemployment is falling through um so um you know um uh, germany doesn't have unemployment uh japan is is a so little unemployment right now they they actually are starving for they, they can't recruit they were mm-hmm. just publishing numbers recently saying that essentially um, for three candidacy uh they have two unemployed yeah. uh so you you have in a lot and and every time is kind of specialized but you have a um and overall economic outlook, that's not so bad. It could have, it could mm-hmm. be better. I'm not going to say that everything is is, is gloomy and everything's perfect, but the last five years have shown an improvement. Oh, absolutely. But not we, in France.
0: But not in France, and we think that's well, we know that's because of their kind of more restrictive policies on business. It's it's
1: due to a lot of factors, but yeah. that explains that uh, uh, without getting there yet. But at I, least it does explain yeah. uh, the resentment. That's what I say. That's why I said that the French are kind of at the end of the rope. The economic crisis was almost 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And we had a recession, and we never really had a recovery. Yeah, That's what happened with France. If you look at the numbers, um, you you have a dip in the numbers for the crisis. But then it stays, I don't want to say flat, uh, but almost. Uh, the kind of economic growth that's happening in France right now is not enough to uh, create a positive dynamic.
0: hmm and so the economy, that could be another reason then why we've seen this kind of split with more extreme kind of candidates uh, getting the, getting a surge in popularity. So Yes, so yeah. if you
1: so so what's interesting? Um, I, I want to spend a little bit of time on the rise of the national front because it's very interesting. Okay. Uh, the national front started uh, a long time ago by uh, Marine uh, Le Pen's father Jean-Marie Le Pen. Who was um a very odd figure. Um I won't go as far as to call him a neo Nazi, but he was certainly toying with that kind of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, made a lot of jokes that normal people wouldn't make. Let's yeah. put it that way. Uh the kind of jokes about Jewish ovens that you don't do and you don't even think about doing. And uh For a long time, the uh, National Front was home to very traditionalist, upper-class, right-wing Christian uh, French. Um, I come from an area of France that uh, has... um, um, The worst kind of French people. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's actually a nice area. It has has a lot of military and um, yeah, the numbers for uh, the National Front were already high at that time. The change that Marine Le Pen operated is uh, she effectively she did drain the swamp. In that okay. regard, <laughs> she chased the neo-Nazi out of her um, uh, party. Effectively, they all have been more or less driven to the uh, Identity block, which is a really uh, you could you could call that a really fascist right-wing, you know, almost neo-Nazi party. Mm-hmm um so she's she's taken a great deal of you know she's taken a, a lot of time to try to normalize the the uh, her party and she turned it to the new workers party because uh the change in polling results s- single-handedly comes from workers uh, okay. today now workers have been disillusioned with the left mm-hmm. we call it the um gauche caviar the caviar left who you know preoccupied with uh the kind of stuff that workers are not really preoccupied with um
0: over in the west uh, over in the english-speaking country we have the same kind of idea we call them limousine liberals yes so, yeah
1: yeah so you can think of it that way exactly so um and you know again five years of a french um of a, a left um politician in charge of a left president much of an improvement i think this is what's happening It's the the um the 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 working class has been um nobody really paid attention to what was happening to them the left in power didn't do much to help them and that's kind of coming back uh in a sense through that vote um a vote of discontent to say um we we haven't seen any improvement. We've we are just seeing uh, one of the main problem of, of uh, in France is long term unemployment. When I say long term unemployment, I don't mean you've done a little bit of cashier, uh, cashier work at Tesco once in a while. I mean you haven't had a job since the crisis. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. That's how uh, it's it's um, and it's it's, it's becoming a major social problem. Mm-hmm. And those people are not happy, and they're expressing their unhappiness by voting for the national front also you have a rejection of um you know globalism of immigration of um islam and it's kind of a cultural problems that we see in other political formations, and uh, Marine Le Pen is capitalising on that.
0: The so general right-wing populist kind of almost the same platform that uh, you would see Trump or UKIP kind of ran
1: on the cultural uh, aspect of things. You would that's what you would see. Yeah. Um, the main differences is are uh, she has completely turned her back on the economics of her father. Again, her father was uh, kind of weird in in that sense. He was actually of a Reaganite on mm-hmm. the economic aspect of things, lower taxation, lower regulation, more free market, uh, which she's not for at all. And I can't re- just quick parenthesis if anyone knows about Lauren Southern, the kind of you know famous uh, anti yeah. yeah, she said that you know she called herself a libertarian and think that Le Pen is one of her uh, favorite political figures. And I'm like, exactly what's libertarian about her? She 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 says explicitly. Le Pen says explicitly that her enemy are, you know, the globalists and the finance and the the, the um um the liberalism. What so you have to understand that in France liberalism is a slur uh against anyone who is not a, uh you know a full-blown socialist. Um it's it's if if you say if you say well, you know, I I do think that uh businesses uh help create economic value and jobs just something as 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 simple as that. He would be called a liberal and liberal in france does not mean leftist allow it means it's a slur to mean oh you you are for unfettered capitalism and and globalism and etc which so i that's... think we
0: basically are filthy <laughs> unfettered capitalists <laughs> yes <laughs> i have slaves in
1: my uh yeah, in my backyard hey, um
0: make child slavery great again endangered <laughs>
1: servants please endangered sorry, servants
0: sorry the politically correct term is indentured servants <laughs> and but, uh, but yeah
1: yeah so <laughs> she is on the cultural issues um you would you, you would draw a lot of similarities between her and trump on the economic issues uh she's actually a lot closer to Mélenchon.
0: really wow okay so the the only really economic wise uh right kind of right-wing person would be filant, then or center right you would say maybe? uh mainly yes yeah
1: on economic issues so on economic issues Uh, Fillon is a traditionalist. uh, Sorry, on the cultural issues. uh, Fillon is more of a traditionalist. So he has, although to my knowledge, he hasn't really openly said that he wanted to repeal gay marriage. He has associated himself with uh, political groups and people who've said so. So that's kind of a question mark there. Um, On the economic side of things, uh, he... It's a mixed bag of um he wants uh fiscal- austerity applied to so i mean you know reigning in uh public spending in kind of a brutal way of you know let's just like not replace um, um um public public workers when they go on retirement and reduce spending and um uh put more in the private sector mm-hmm. in kind of a weird way uh, because even even in france we don't we don't do free markets we privatize which is kind of slightly different he doesn't necessarily he hasn't talked to my knowledge much about uh, increasing competition or opening trade or such things uh his opinion is much more of will tell the private sector to create jobs which is a weird approach (laughs) it's more um um yeah it's it's he he would be as close as you would get i would say to a free marketeer but even there it's kind of a mixed bag. Macron is a weird figure because he started off really well with that regard, uh, very in favor of free market reforms and things like that. And I was actually very, very hopeful uh, with Macron in the beginning. But what I saw is when he needed to gain momentum, he needed to forge alliances with established um, forces and political personalities. And there I definitely saw compromises being made Mm -hmm. so uh he's also a mixed bag as well in the sense of he is promoting uh liberalization in certain areas more competition in certain areas but it's a bit of a uh, mixed bag
0: okay so you think maybe he's um more of a political centrist at heart but will will uh compromises i would say yes for my disappointment is more
1: my my disappointment is more to the fact that I, he started better under you know if, if i had to like uh give a, a grading you know how free market are you uh he started off really well uh started really in favor of free market reforms and he's kind of compromised on that so that's where my disappointment is mm-hmm. other than that actually, in absolute terms for someone who's more uh center left i would say it's not, it's not bad it's much better than than what we've had he has a couple of Interesting reforms that I, if he is elected, I would hope to see uh, uh, get uh, put in place. But it's um, the, the, France really at at heart. There was the, this joke that um, you know when when the USSR fell, the last uh, communist country was France, and I think that to a large extent it says something about our culture. France is a very authoritar- authoritative authoritarian when it comes to its economics. So even when we say uh, and I'm doing air quotes, liberal, or capitalism, what we mean is kind of state-guided gui- state uh, corporatism. Mm. So it's never really obvious to say if it's a good or a bad thing.
0: So do you have any idea? Um, so do you have any kind of, like, idea who might, like a favorite who you think will will get through? Or do you really think it is just too close to call?
1: I I I would say I can well I uh, you know there is prescriptive, descriptive and prescriptive. Um, I I cannot make any bet, mm-hmm. because it just is too tight, and there are just so many question marks when it comes to um how people will vote in the second round depending on who gets elected. Um, if you have Mélenchon versus Macron, how are Le Pen voters going to vote? Because Macron embodies everything they hate mm-hmm. everything uh, is for um, is for you know is, is, is that is, he is the the French Trudeau in a sense I think there will be a, an accurate comparison you know, young handsome kind of central left I uh, mean he
0: is uh, we don't have pictures but he is very handsome I must say Ooh. I
1: over yes over Trudeau anytime <laughs> yeah um, so he is the embodiment of a globalist he is the embodiment of everything that that kind of alt right new far right hates Mm-hmm. For sure, um, the so so how, if it's a if it's Macron versus Mélenchon, how are Le Pen voters going to vote? Or for that matter, what about the other way around? Yeah. Because if it's Le Pen versus Macron, um, where where is the lo- uh, uh, the loyalty of the Mélenchon voters going to be? Because you cannot spend. We've seen exactly what's happened with um, Bernie Sanders during the American election where he spent months and months raiding against Clinton, no to globalism, no to free trade, no to immigration, uh, no to the banks, no to etc., etc., uh, having a similar re- rhetoric to Donald Trump. And then, Clinton is selected; she's going to be running as the main uh, Democratic candidate, and she is all these things. And Donald Trump is using exactly the same rhetoric. Now, who are you going to vote for? So yeah. if it's a... Uh, um,
0: Which is probably why Clinton, either, you know, the, the the Bernie the Bernie bros didn't either come out and vote for Clinton or they went and voted for Trump instead.
1: We don't have a lot of evidence that they went out of their way to vote for Trump. No, but, but they certainly... Did not vote, especially Young. Did. Yeah, exactly. And that's my fear. That's my fear. What if we have a Le Pen versus Macron? Mm-hmm. Are, are Mélenchon voters, uh, voters are really going to go there and say, well, now I'm going to vote for the capitalist who was working in the bank and wants more trade and wants GMO and wants... what well, he actually doesn't, but he, he you know, um, uh, he wants all the things that Mélenchon voters don't want to have. So what I'm afraid is, well, they might not come out to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that scenario actually probably... Uh, Le Pen-Macron might not be the uh, uh, the worst case scenario because I th- I'd say Fillon, Fillon, um, uh, Le Pen, or a fillon melenchon I just don't know how it's going to turn out mm-hmm. because Fillon has become such of a vindicated figure. Understandably so, as the scandal about his wife is uh, you know uh, unexcusable. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a tough call. I cannot tell you as of now who's going to win. Or certainly I'm not betting any money, and I'm certainly getting my my dual irish citizenship as soon as possible <laughs> <laughs> to cover my my uh yeah to, to have a an exit an exit strategy
0: <laughs> absolutely before before mary le pen makes you uh oh, she oh, to, did say that she, she wants she...
1: to ban dual citizenship
0: yeah so you know you better get it before that in that case
1: well it wouldn't be as much as, uh, as an issue uh, as long as they keep the french citizenship the question is if she leaves the eu
0: that too, yeah. yeah. Actually, that would be something very interesting to talk to because she's not the only one who said she wants to leave the EU. Malenchenko um, has also said he said hasn't said he wanted to leave the EU, but he's put
1: a little a little uh, condition, and I, I just love the way he does that. So you have Le Pen who says, well, don't like the EU, uh, we're going to leave the EU. The EU is bad. Uh, we'll put it up for a referendum. And yep. That's actually what she said. She said, you know, we'll, we'll if I'm elected, I'll organise a referendum to leave the EU mm-hmm. and let the people decide. Um, fair enough. It's clear. It's it's you know what, wherever you fall on that on that question, at least she's honest. Yeah. Mélenchon is a bit more pernicious because he will say, well, I don't I don't want to leave the EU. Um, I just want to be able to do these things, and he gives you a list. He wants, for example, to be able to uh, uh, print money for all these generous programs. Going to need a lot of 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 um, uh, public spending, mm. a lot of investment that just Completely are not allowed by the treaties that France is bound to. Yeah. So he's saying, "Well, you know, I want to do these few things, and if you don't let me do these, uh, I'm going to leave the EU." But really, I don't want to do it. It's kind of like saying, "Well, you know, I, I don't want. I don't want to. I'm okay having a dog, but if he barks." I'm gonna kick it out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but well, don't don't get a dog. Yeah. Uh, be honest. Just say you don't want to get a dog. Um, because part of being in the EU means you have to respect the treaties that we have signed. And if you don't like these, just be honest and say, I'm gonna leave the EU to be able to enact my program. Yeah. Uh, it's not honest of him, and I think it's just kinda that's just his way of not publicly saying that he, 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 he wants to leave the EU. But effectively, that's what it translates to, because his list is just, Germany is ne- never going to sign a, on this, and nobody nobody can test that.
0: And and if France does, and if one of these candidates does get elected and France does leave the EU, it could spell the end, of, it. well, certainly almost will spell the end of the EU. It depends, because
1: as of now, France is becoming an economic debt weight in the EU. Hmm. Very little, if any, economic growth at all. Still no balance budget. Um, we were we were digging the uh, numbers on unemployment. Uh, France now has a higher unemployment than the average, the European average. It's at ten percent and it's not going down. It's mm-hmm. just not improving. Uh, France now is is not driving, I, I can understand the political aspect of us, but France is a, de- a political and economic deadweight mm-hmm. uh, on the back of Europe. Uh, think of the, um, the different questions that were raised on military issues, the idea of maybe we should have a European military. Who's opposing us? Who's constantly saying, nope, we want to keep sovereignty on our military? It's not the Germans. It's not the, the Italians. It's the French. Mm-hmm. The French don't want to surrender uh, their military. That they want. They don't want to surrender any kind of political power to the to to uh, left and right. It's not just, but if anything, Le Pen and Menonchon have some, you know, honesty in there to say, look, I I don't want to have to respect the what the uh, European Union is telling me to do. This is the program I want to enact. Period. Um, and there is a, I would say, a certain hypocrisy there, um, uh, from the French, generally speaking. You know, if you want to be part of the eu the eu is not a finished project so um uh, and and i don't certainly don't root for any camp because i really think my I, i'm 50 50 split on that question but either way uh the, the, the european union right now is stuck uh between two like in, in a unstable, stable position um, it either has to step back or uh you know double down but it's not going to be in the middle France is not going to allow to double down.
0: Mhm. Right, and uh, so something I just found quite interesting. I just want to ask you personally about your choosing not to vote in this election.
1: I'm choosing not to vote in this election. You're choosing yes. not to
0: vote in this election, and that's because you don't feel you're what going to go back to France and it won't affect you. So. Well,
1: yeah. So it's I, I would say it's a it's a principled argument um, to say you know. The, president, the role of the president is, uh, well, especially in the French super, uh, you know, um, uh, hyper-presidency, uh, quasi-monarchic regime. The president has a lot, wields a lot of power. So the uh, executive branch in, in France uh, proposes legislation and sends it to the legislate- legislative branch who's going to amend and vote on it. So we have the parliamentary election that's a month away, it's a, it's a month after the presidential election. That's the legislative branch. Um yeah. the having a gov you know, if I vote for a certain government, it means I have a say in the laws that are gonna be enacted and they're gonna affect the, the territory. That those laws are enacted in France for the French territory. It does not affect Ireland. Uh it does not affect the people here. I'm bound by Irish law. I'm not bound by French law. Mm-hmm and I know I'm not going to be bound by Irish law, uh, by French law, sorry, in the next five years. It's very unlikely for me to come back to France in the next five years. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just, morally speaking, I I, I actually feel compelled to stay at home because I'm like, I am not going to go through the consequences of what's going to happen in France in the next five years. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a say in this. I can talk about it if I want to, but I don't have, I don't feel that I have a moral right to go and vote knowing that I'm not going to have to go through the consequences of that vote. I'm not going to have to take responsibility for what happens after.
0: Fair enough. That that wasn't really much to do with the French election. That was just more something I found quite interesting. But um, I think I think that kind of wraps up uh, our little conversation on the French election. Uh, obviously, I was very quiet in this episode, but uh, that's because I'm a complete noob when it comes to French politics.
1: Well, yeah, and fairness, yeah, there was a little bit of an imbalance of knowledge. Yeah. On on that specific topic. This is yeah understandable exactly. reasons. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. But um, I would like to thank Manny. Uh, he actually was. Uh, Pretty awesome in this episode, yeah. So fair play to him.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Aaron.
0: And uh yeah, we will see you guys in the next episode.
1: Yeah, don't forget to subscribe and don't all forget- the oh yeah, yeah, don't
0: forget to subscribe and thumbs up and comment and favorite and all of those things.
1: Yes. Awesome. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.